bacon, anyone? Mmm. Yarp. Not for me. I'm still not hungry. Oh, come on now. You don't want to travel on an empty stomach, do you? Thankfully, I decided we might stay a couple of days. I'd like to visit John's homestead, to pay my respects. I understand. And, uh, I, I would join you, but I have a few errands to do myself. Samuel, thank you so much for your kindness. Oh, no, 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 please, please don't mention it. It's the least I could do. Just please, try to be back before dark. Otherwise, well, you might be seeing John in the labyrinth. Hello and welcome to The Lark Noobs. Um, it's been a while since we've done this, or a while since I've done this, actually. Um, it's like You did one fairly recently, didn't you, Dave? But uh, for, yes. for me, this has, been a, this has been a fair old little while. I hate it. Yeah, uh, we are quite quite a long one. And today we're joined by uh, someone who've actually recorded a uh, sort of YouTube uh, episode with uh, Merlin. Hi, this is my first time ever. I haven't done one of these ever. Well, we did have Merlin on the, a live stream where we crafted. That was it, yeah. Um, and basically, we had a really really good time, and uh, definitely wanted to have her here as a guest for yes. podcast listeners, really. Yeah, and today we were going to sort of look at the idea, considering that was a crafting stream and we were looking at crafting there. And it's been a while since we've touched on crafting. The last one I did was with um, a f- our friend Robert, who plays Caro. Um, but this time we wanted, I wanted to really concentrate on the idea of like either finding your character through Kit or uh, how um, you can also, your character can help you then seek out the types of Kit that you might go and get. Uh, and I guess this is kind of, in my mind, this is kind of broken down into sort of different sections. There's like the the gifts that you'll get mm-hmm. uh, or, or that you'll give and how they, and that I'm, I'm mainly focusing on sort of icy gifts there and things that you kind of earn. And I guess that's where I wanted to sort of start it off or, or really actually just in general, if you wanted to sort of how you guys kind of feel about the idea of sort of fleshing out your character through the gear and sort of kit that you kind of find as you're going through your kind of your character's Merlin, development. Merlin, you're the guest. You start us off. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so I think, you know, uh, gifts in character are definitely a big part of how your character grows because, at least for me, Empire was my first LARP. So I showed up and, you know, I'd, I'd tried to build a costume. I'd been to charity shops and I sort of put it all on and I was still very much me but in Aisha's clothing, sort of like hmm, bumbling about, I hope I fit in, I hope I've covered up this logo and that logo. Um, but I think definitely like over time, little things that sort of were given to me or that I bought, I see definitely became a lot more of things that I recognise with stories of my character. So it became less a memory of, oh, I bought that in a charity shop, Merlin mm-hmm. did that. And more of a thing of, oh, I was gifted this by my friend. I think that's such an important. Somebody created this for me as a person, as a character, as opposed to just me as the player. Yeah, I think that's such an important aspect to it is the idea of like things that can actually symbolize memories within the RP that you're experiencing, and that I mean, we've all got kind of instances of these kind of items, and you will, I think, naturally kind of develop things as you kind of go through um, role playing your character. I mean, I remember when I got um, a dagger from. Caro that basically symbolized the fact that I was one of the council members uh, on the entwined paths and like like that's something that I kind of I've I've earned you know what I mean that's something that I've actually mm-hmm. has some kind of poignancy to it and as you say it's kind of it's more than just 
uh, something that I've picked up in a shop or I bought for myself. And those kind of things we'll, we'll touch on later as well. But yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. I think Merlin made a really good point how it's like it's part of your character's story. And I think mm -hmm. that's something very um, like like even in a storybook, right? Like a character develops as their you know their quest continues and they see new things and they experience new things and i think those little hooks from one item or another can really i don't know it, it helps me for sure right mm. like a hundred percent like when i put the garb on i have a yep. much better idea and the more i add to it the better idea i have of who my character is i mean for things like you you've got that uh token from skywise right the uh, skywise foul to, that you kind of got from him in a, a letter it's my, right it's my favorite thing like it's it's the thing that gives like agency and purpose to my character almost you know what i mean like it's that important because it's <clears throat> especially receiving it as a gift yes there's yeah. something there's something really very different about that and especially icy like an yes. it gift for an yeah. action right like um so th 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 yeah this is interesting like I I'll, I'll get remind me about giving a gift to somebody else like later on but yeah we should talk but about we can that. we can broach into that i think the two are intertwined mm -hmm. actually and I, I wanted to go into that a little bit as well because i think there's also a lot of value to be gained from giving gifts as well yeah uh, so so Basically, I, I, I'm 100% sure he won't mind. And I would usually would very much avoid things that are in game right now or things that like we're very good at talking about things that have happened. But talking about things that are going to happen at LARP is a very different ball game. But it's an interpersonal yeah, yeah. relationship. So I think we're good, basically. But um, Sparrow telling mm. his tale of, oh, my God, I'm mentioning it again. If Anne's death, Jesus, I need to <laughs> stop mentioning it. But um which was my old character. So the um, I, I I would like to do something, and not just do something, but give something to him that is a a, a representation of the appreciation of our striding towards him as a as mm. a fellow that we we like, respect, and and thank for his uh, his gift of story, which made mm. which made the character um, you know live on past his death you know it's, mm -hmm. the, it's, it's the best thing so i'm really stumped i i really like the idea of crafting something that's the thing that i keep on falling back on i feel like buying something and just giving it to someone it, it it's not as meaningful as it would be if i had actually put my hands to work and my imagination and, and created something specifically for him you know I mean, we'll get to, to I mean, I've, again, that touches on something that uh, we'll, we'll get to a bit later, I think, naturally, as we go into crafting. But there is definitely something special. And, and uh, Merlin, I know a, a lot of your kit, for example, has been crafted. Um, and, and, you know, uh, but there's something, the idea of actually sort of expending time and energy on a process to make something. And even if that thing that you render from that time and, and effort isn't necessarily the you know an a plus 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 kind of piece of kit that you would you know pay x number of pounds for or whatever it's but, the one thing that's yeah. the one thing i am still i'm consciously aware of it um but i still struggle with it is that not creating the best thing in the world is the is okay right like i'm sure if i did something i don't know imagine x piece of craft work and it goes horribly wrong and i give it to him and it's still worth as yeah. a gift especially it's still worth mm -hmm. something right like um the 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 emotions involved are more than the uh 
the the, the craft value of the I mean, item. Right? Consider uh, like also uh, something that is. I guess it's not so much kit, but it is something that you receive, and it, and it always is exciting. Is when you receive IC mail, um, and I think that there's sitting down and actually penning a letter, IC, and you know sending that to someone or receiving it, it's it's cool, right? And like the the fact that you actually took time to sit down and and kind of construct something, mm-hmm. even like on that sort of simple level. And, you know, my calligraphy is awful, right? My handwriting is the worst. So, like, anything like that is kind of obviously not going to be very good for me. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of, you know yeah, what I mean? You're doing yourself a disservice. It's very good. But I think that's a prime example of what I'm talking about, is this, um, uh, like, I think you have to overcome that. Mm to realize what you're actually doing is something really, really cool. And you're sending a little bit of a little bit of love to someone that you care about. Right. Like, yeah. um, which could be taken out of context, but, um, no, but it's the idea of, um, and this goes for both uh, receiving and getting gifts. I see. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and, and I think this is what sort of separates uh, I see gifts from, I mean, we've had some wonderful kind of, uh, OC kind of things where we you know we've people we, we we're, we're friends with and stuff you kind of give stuff to each other and so on and uh, you know and and sort of stuff like that which is is lovely and amazing um, but there's something quite special about the idea about touching someone's character arc enough that you know there's an exchangement of gifts that symbolize whatever story beats that you've been through as characters you know what I mean uh, I totally Dude, like, I think there's something about like we 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 kind of get past it with Christmas and stuff nowadays. But at LARP, that's mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Mm. It's it's also kind of embarrassing, like when you're the mm. give, giver. Yes. Or it can sometimes be a bit awkward. But like, all the receiver, right? Like, if you're yeah. receiving a gift and you're like, oh shit, like, oh cool, I did not expect a gift. Um, there's like it's still awesome. Like especially like you said, like the little bits that you gather as part of your kit are just like. Yeah, like my character earned <laughs> a bunch yeah. of this shit, you know? And it's like, I mean, because you've got to think, I mean, that's, it, it's a representation of time within what isn't essentially like a, a fairly compressed amount of actual experience. You know, a LARP event is only so long, there's only so many of them a year. The fact that you've gone to, uh, you spent moments within that constrained period of time that are long enough to warrant uh your characters having enough interactions that then gifts and kind of things of that nature kind of occur it it's kind of represents something and i think it has some kind of worth to it um so that i think that was a really yeah go for it sorry Madeline. yeah no let's keep going no finish your point no, no, and I, I just think I, I think like that idea of by you, Merlin. You got to cut him off at the pass, otherwise you'll just. Oh, I'll just go for it. Yeah, you just really have to cut me off. The sunset. Uh, if anyone thinks that I'm being rude with Ian, sometimes like just just re-listen to what <laughs> when I butt in to Ian. Okay, just re-listen to it and realize that it comes from a place of kindness. Ian knows. <laughs> Once he goes I'm always going, fully aware. I'm always fully aware of it. Like I just will keep going on and on and on and on. It's stop. a fantastic trait, Ian. It's a fantastic yeah. trait. But um, um, sorry, Merlin, you go for it. Yeah, go. Yeah, I think especially when you're gifted a kit, especially like I keep saying as a new player, I still consider myself a new player. How long have you been going I've for? done exactly one year, exactly one year. And you're not a new player. Um, we, I still I, consider well, myself fairly new, to be my honest. Second event, on my second or maybe it was my third event, I was frequently told, oh, you're, you're not new anymore. And I was like, well, I still feel extremely yeah. underprepared. Yeah, um, dude, I feel the, the, new. 
dude with the yeah. with the title of the podcast like everyone's like oh you're not noobs anymore it's like nah dude i still feel i mean let, let me put it this way the the last episode that we recorded with the military council if mm-hmm. that proves that i am a noob like anything else like two years in and i'm still like completely ignorant to so many things oh actually the segue sorry merlin we'll get to you real soon but i need to mention that the Absolutely vines fine. The vines are not an in-character group. They're a self-forming group. So effectively, like, PD doesn't recognize them as an archetype, but they are a self-organizing group. And I made a mistake in mentioning that they were an archetype last time. So I just okay. wanted to set that Okay, that's straight. interesting. Yeah, I, I, not- that. I noticed. I know, and there's enough fake news As a in the vine, world, I noticed. Right? So, <laughs> and that was, uh, Andy Raff actually messaged me about that. So Andy, please, please do keep us up uh, and keep us legit on one that. Day, one day, one day, Andy will convince you and you'll let us... I actually, to be honest, I didn't realize that was, I, I honestly didn't know that was the case. Um, but no, I mean, I think that's, yeah, it's yeah, definitely we, worth being we caught. We might have that touted kind of that before. So me and Ian have spoken about it in private before. Maybe we just misunderstood the 100%, situation. yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm so sorry for railroading the conversation away, but Merlin, what were you about to say? Do you remember? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I did. I I wrote it down because I I tried to say it about three nice. times. <laughs> no, no, no. Future guests be warned. Like, that's a great strategy. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, so I was going to say that obviously at LARP, the big difference between LARP and tabletop is that you have the things physically with you. Mm. And so you're building the world around you physically. PD goes so, so far building the sets and then it's up to us to come up with our costumes. Then also to show the sort of physical connections between the people we end up with these gifts and icy mail and stuff like that and it's absolutely amazing because as a new player it does make you feel like you're being noticed mm-hmm. and honestly like the first few events yeah. was me looking around at everybody with stars in my eyes going please notice me um <laughs> and i think Interact. you know it came yeah it came to like my third or fourth event and somebody was like oh hey i made this for you and i was like what? Yeah. wow that's amazing what it's did you so get? cool um, if you don't mind me asking yeah. Uh, so one of my friends striding, they made me a wand. So they custom made a wand themselves. That's really cool. Um, because Anwen, who I'm sure won't mind me mentioning her because she listens as well, has a gigantic hammer. And we did, in national training, we were doing execution practice. <laughs> <laughs> and we joked that if I had a wand that was like a giant nail, we could do... <laughs> Execution. Oh my god, that's so cool! Um, and <laughs> so the next event, Merlin, I was presented so like... with a wooden stake a wand. <laughs> oh my word! I love it. Just as a visual. Okay, I... two things, Merlin. What is your nickname? And secondly, what was the person's name again? Okay, uh, so uh... Anwin Stormbroke is the member of the Striding, and I see. Hi, I... Anwin. I don't remember the guy who made the wand, but it's absolutely beautiful, and I need to track it down, like the the names. Um, okay, and what's your nickname? So, yeah. So I okay. have, um, I have written on my soul, Asia the Executioner, <laughs> and and it confuses people because I am in fact a healer and not generally considered to be a thorn. Um, and it's not that I execute lots of people. I'm not like a gigantic executioner. I just tend to do it in creative ways. I think, and it it tickled quite a lot of people at national training. And then later on the battlefield, so Anwin decided that as a guide, she would just testimony on that on my soul. Uh, which honestly has served quite well with Wintermark telling me not to execute people and me saying, I physically can't stop, it's written on my soul. Um, it's it's <laughs> one of those things where you meet someone and they seem like such a nice person. 
um and like friendly and and then they they let you know their nickname and then you're like wow wow larp is a larp is a funny old game isn't it <laughs> it's like um i'm i'm genuinely intimidated like uh by someone that has the nickname of the executioner <laughs> Honestly, I want to go to an execution at some point and just just see if that's a title that's ever going to be up for grabs. Because who does you know, the execution? Goals. Is it is it the judge that does it, or do I you know? Have no clue. I don't know. I've never uh, seen this. Okay, well. okay. okay actually, do you know what? Do you know what? I, actually, I I know the perfect person that we can actually have on to talk about yeah. that. So let's move on. Ian, yeah. get us back on track. Ian, you're host today, so you. Have to I know. Yeah. Track. So. No, so I was just going to really sort of see if, like, if there was any other examples that people wanted to throw forward of like uh, gifts and things that they'd got or given. Uh, and I mean, I, I can kick it off, I suppose. But it, one thing that I guess at the very first event I kind of attended uh, with with you, Dave, and obviously uh, it was our first event. I um, I brought along this crystal. It was like a um, a crystal necklace thing that I just bought, um, and the idea was that I was gonna. It was it was gonna be like my icy mother's kind of crystal that represented who she was, and um, like the the link that I had with this. The one person I knew had an icy link with who I've mentioned many many times before is uh, a character in Urizen called Lanius. So we kind of tracked him down. I did a very awkward kind of spiel, and it was like in almost complete darkness, so I couldn't see anything. And I gave him this kind of crystal. Um, and it, I just, it, it was, it was kind of cool, right? Just to have like that as an in. And I think we've, I've sort of spoken about this throughout several episodes of the podcast. But um, kind of crafting and and making stuff and having things uh, as well. I mean, even if they're not crafted things, uh, to give away is actually has a, has a lot of value to it as like a, a storytelling and sharing device. I think. Dude, massively. I think it's like the the. I think, like I was saying before, like if you if you think that someone's done something in game that is cool, or even if it's someone that you potentially don't know that well, to be fair, I think that would be cool, mm. right? Giving someone a gift for something that they've done that you don't know that well, that's cool as well. Either way, like I think there's something to be said about that. Obviously, don't buy them like. Or, or or make them like something really big, like a giant armchair, right? Because then they have to get it back in their car. So <laughs> I think there are, you know, limits or like a, a giant dining table or a, you know, any of those sort of things. But um, yeah, maybe a small gift. <laughs> well, for the for the last couple of events, um, as the vines, we all obviously have our white sashes that then we either embroider or paint the red diamond onto. And for the last couple of events, I've sewn. Um, 40 white sashes per event to give to people who are wow. either new or they've lost their sashes. What? And honestly, it doesn't take much long. I pin them up whilst I'm watching TV and I sew them in one big go. Um, but when I first got mine, I sort of felt like, oh, I'm, I'm part of something now. This is the first thing my character yeah. has solidly done. Um, so, the white, so it was really the, the nice to be able to the, hand those out to new players. Is that for a, a vine or what does the white sash mean? Um, so the white sash itself, as far as I'm where just as a Navarre healer just means a battlefield healer. So somebody who's gone mm. on the battlefield or sometimes goes on the battlefield and heals, and then if they've got the red diamond on it, then they are a vine specifically, which is a smaller group group within that. Yeah, so that's not what, every battlefield healer is a vine. Yeah, that's what separates me yeah. and your character, for example. So for example, yeah. I've got the white sash, um, but yours has yeah. the, the diamond on it. Yeah. It's really interesting. 
Um, but that was really nice to just have something that yeah. sort of felt like a cycle of something that made me feel um, sort of welcomed and accepted. And it's mm-hmm. it's nice when people swear their oaths or even, so, even just before they have just being able to give them something. I think that's such a I think that's such a great like idea of something that's fairly inexpensive. That is like something that you can immediately give to a new player that will make them feel part of something, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, and also like a signifier to others. So if you see someone of the same, I think it's a lot like the um, uh, the face tattoos in Navarre. Mm-hmm. The face tattoos are great because if you see someone with face tattoos, you're like immediately like, oh, Navarre. That's that's yeah. who it is, right? Like it's a uh, Navari, and they're a they're a friend of mine, whoever they are. You know, um, maybe it's worth bringing up um, my purchase from the um, armchair armories, Ian. Yeah, go for it if you've got if you've got somewhere yeah. you want to. Yeah. So so basically, um, we have a, a a a banner which is a group of stridings and steadings that form together to to form a a, a larger collective called the Entwined Paths, and. Um, I thought it would be a really cool idea to try and get um, some pendants done or some um, uh, pins done, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So basically I got in touch with Matt at uh, Armchair Armories, um, had a bit of a chat about what we wanted, and then I put it out. Um, this isn't like a, a you know, I, I, everyone put money in, right, to try and yeah. uh, get to get the uh, the amount, which was when you come as a group was very inexpensive for what you're yeah. actually getting. And um so I have like a whole bunch of these. Um, uh, they're like, how do you describe them? And they're like thorn bushes in a. Is it? So it's, it's essentially because it's actually based off the um, design that we have for our flag, essentially, or our, mm. our sort of symbol, which is essentially these kind of. Uh, imagine like a, a kind of a mm. Celtic knot, which is um, they're like several, thorns as well, aren't they? Yeah, but sort of like. like Oh, sorry, so, go on. Sorry, for, forms that are uh, intertwined, basically, and uh, as the name would go, in this kind of circle, <laughs> uh, and then that has uh, these kind of flowers on it, essentially. Uh, yeah, which that I represent was... the seven. I think it was seven flowers at the time. Although I think there might be more. Yeah, um, I think there's. I think there's a certain amount on the pendants themselves representing the yeah. original founders yes, or something ridiculous, whatever yeah. that is. Like, yeah. uh, otherwise, it's going to be more flowers than fawns eventually. I think exactly. But, um, yeah. <laughs> it's a. It's a really. It's so well crafted. Like, um, mm. they're absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to give them out when we get to. Uh, I'm so E1, excited. But, but, so excited. but uh, going back to the IC side of this is that with a large striding like well, a large banner like that you need to have some sort of identifying mark, but also that can be like something external, right? So if you start seeing a whole bunch of people with one very significant mark about them or something very distinctive, you're going to recognize them as a group, right? Like, um, and for, for better or worse, I think there's something really cool about that in game, you know? Oh, I think it's, it's hugely important. I mean, you can take this out to sort of, um, you know, the, the, the wider sort of lens look, and you've essentially got the idea of nations and the, the sort of different kits and um, if you look and feels and, and everything else that goes into the different nations. And there's a spectacle to seeing different nations. We've spoken about this uh, before, but it, when you are looking out and you can just notice different nations and then different, obviously different subgroups within that nation and, and different representatives of different smaller elements within those subgroups. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it adds so much character and it's so yeah. representative of, um, you know, the, the, 
just the do you remember when we did do you remember when we did the uh the treasure hunt thing that went badly wrong yes yeah um (laughs) the basically we were running around trying to look for i think there were bits of uh they were tied on weren't they they were ribbon tied on so you had to go and look at people's kit like really closely um and like really look people up and down and i think there's like uh that was a great like early lesson about um you can tell a lot about a character by the personal items that they represent themselves by um and i think that's something really cool about like uh when you start to build up these items right like what ian what would you say are some of the the items that you have on if you're going to look at talus right what what things about talus's kit represent him as a character do you well i I mean my kit's changed a fair bit i was going to touch on this a bit later because i think there's a really interesting uh sort of shift that happens um and i think you kind of touched on this briefly um in the beginning actually this idea of the the vision you have when you walk into your first event uh with your whatever items that you've been able to basically uh, kind of bring together to represent your character on the field and then where your character goes from there. So I remember when I, I first went, uh, we'd been to, um, I think it was uh, a LARP fair event, um, Dave, and I'd bought like this um, Mongol style kind of hood from Chow's, which is fantastic. But it's as I've kind of kind of grown more into my character, it really doesn't actually represent who Talus is. Uh, it maybe represents who Talus was coming back from where our kind of backstory is. But uh, who he is now is not really that representative. Of what well, he's far more fancy now, Ian. Exactly. And so now my kit's actually changed quite a lot uh, and to the point where people kind of regard me as being a bit sort of fancy pants. Talus is I, don't, I wouldn't, I don't know. <laughs> who, who does that, Ian? I don't know who does that. Who does but, that? Like, the, the that, fact yeah. that that's a thing, right? That that is something that has become noticeable in some way is like that's something I'm I'm like I, I, I enjoy, right? Because it's yeah, we, something that is again, it feels kind of slightly earned, right? That the idea that like even though it's essentially just me putting bits of kit together, the idea that I've actually managed to create this aesthetic that draws that, you know, what I mean that kind of reflection on it, I think is interesting. I enjoy that actually. Yeah, totally. I think it's. I think like we keep hitting that note, right? Of it's actually <clears throat> the kit and the little bits of stuff are a sign of progression, right? Like they're yeah. the hours served or accomplishments made or friendships made, right? Like um, they kind of represent that. Um, not to say that buying stuff or crafting your own stuff for yourself isn't like totally worthwhile, like. Like when you're changing character, for example, yeah. I bought like a few different things that kind of like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. try to distinguish myself from my old character. Um, are you both have? I know Ian hasn't, but Merlin, have you died yet? I have not. No, oh. I've only been hit once. Ugh, immortals in my life, I, but, but honestly, I mean, <clears throat> it, it'd be quite easy to say it's not. It's not for lack of trying. I really, really, really want. To be healed, god damn it. <laughs> but then also there's a flight in me that knows like I'm far more useful alive. So when somebody turns at me, I'm just gonna sprint somewhere yeah. more, more useful away yeah, from I'll... things with sticks. Totally. I think all healers should turn and run away. Like there's nothing yeah. 
no but, no no citizen <laughs> resents a, a a running healer <laughs> that, that's the excuse well, that well, i as, use <laughs> yeah as a mage well. the absolute max i can get through like my normal hit points and my armor is four so unless i was gonna ignore wow. spells and just amp up my fortitude i can never get more than four hits wow. um and, and i did my first i think it was my first three events i did with two hit points and i did from yeah. my second event i've done every skirmish and every battle i've been offered to do and i've gone on all of them with two hit points and no armor yeah. uh, it's it's, I, it's I'm honestly like staggered <laughs> i'm like yeah. I, I worry about like five or six do you know what i mean like i'm, no, like, I'm nervous is, this is kind of where where i am because being a, an archer and a physic and i wear heavy armor mm -hmm. now but even so it's actually only like five hit points or something I, I can't actually remember. It's, it's, it's Ian, not yeah. very many at all. Don't worry, and you'll never get close enough to anyone to actually hit you. So don't well, you'd be worry surprised. About it. The number of times I've been downed actually is, you know, or had to be pulled out by. I mean, you've saved me uh, on more than one occasion, actually. Um, I've it's... been high fived by the Valorn. <laughs> like they've accidentally high fived me, but not with a weapon, so it doesn't count. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I think there is. As sort of time's gone on, I've sort of tried to sort of reflect on who I am playing Talis at an event is quite different from how I thought it would actually be in that kind of mind's eye view pre my first event. And mm -hmm. that has then made me sort of think much more about the, how I want to, want to represent the character that I've uh, grown into. And that's meant things like making a well, sash, for example. It's sort and... of like meeting someone for the first time where you think, you, you know, this mm. is the first version of the you know, which is kind of the what you're planning as the player playing the character. And then mm. bit by bit, you sort of work out, well, that bit of their personality doesn't really work. I don't like yeah. playing that. I really wish I could do a bit of that. And you, you pull it in. So even if it's not gifts from other people, you do sort of learn better what your character actually likes. And it's almost like the character starts to choose what they wear. I, I completely agree. And I think there's also, um, unlike, say, in a, a role-playing uh, outside of LARP, um, a sort of a pen and paper, if you like, it's that the situations can be often and often are much more mundane than you find yourself in. So your character... Even if you're a, a sort of a dark and brooding character who, to be honest with you, probably isn't the funnest archetype to go with. But even if you are, it's like, who who is that character when they're sitting around eating a hot dog or something, you know, having a laugh with their friends, right? Like that that's some all the all the various mundanities that go into life are part of LARP and also then feed into the character when you're ICing any of those individual situations. So your character becomes much more uh, three-dimensional in that case. They're not so much necessarily the archetype. Uh, and, and I think that it's sort of the image I had when I was going to go as, as Talos was going to be in a sense, you know, with this tragic backstory and all those kind of cliches <laughs> has kind of changed and shifted into something that's just much more well-rounded, I think. And is just actually within a range of where I'm comfortable as Ian playing that character, you know, and I think that's hugely important. Yeah. And then that's then let me think, okay, Talis is like this. He's, if you like, he's kind of like Ian. And I think this is uh, how I think many uh, like how I probably will naturally fall into any other characters I play. He's basically Ian with a couple of dials turned up, right? And it's like yeah. that. So then, how would Ian with a couple of dials turned up dress 
in this environment if he was part of this nation. And it, it, I know that kind of sounds very simple, but that kind of sort of um, course of uh, water course, if you like, of, of logic is kind of takes you down, I think, a path of character design and kit design, which has kind of led me to where I am. And it's completely yeah. divergent, actually, from where I thought necessarily I'd be, because I'm really into this, as I say, a bit more of this kind of um, sort of uh, rough kind of aesthetic that I wanted to go with originally. I had this, I say, this kind of Mongol-style hood and this kind of all this survivalist kind of gear and stuff, and that's all been stripped away now. And I'm almost completely the reverse, and uh, I have all this awesome kit from Chow's, which is fantastic. But actually, the next time I went to Chow's, I bought myself this uh, really awesome green flared sort of coat which is completely the opposite style and is now extremely fancy it just goes to show the way that your character can kind of change outlandish it's outlandish that's what it is ian but um also ian i uh i also made a purchase from charles recently you did yes so uh not the only fancy boy in uh in the ashbourne (laughs) anymore well i think the the ashbourne in general is kind of uh we're we're all fighting over the fancy pants (laughs) <laughs> that with, when two grown men fight over fancy pants they're only going to yeah. get ruined aren't they they're yeah. only going to get ruined but um <laughs> yeah i bought um Charles had a sale um and i bought like this uh i don't know what it's it's like the thing that you have and the yeah. the, the the thing underneath it but they're different colors so it shouldn't yeah. be too bad but we're going to oh i need to find someone who's a seamstress or seamstress is that a sexist term seamstress seamster I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Please, don't please let us sexist. know in the comments. It might be gendered. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, you know. I don't know the... Maybe yeah. let us know or, or don't let us know. And someone that can sew to basically make it, because um, despite my uh, uh, quarantine girth, uh, I'm still kind of roomy in this uh, thing at the moment, so I need to oh, get it um, yeah. uh, pulled in. But it, it, I think it's really cool, like... Like, I think on the podcast, we definitely, and I think this is true, crafting your own kit is something really special. And I think it's awesome. And I don't mean to, like, put it down, but because I feel sometimes we, we give the impression that buying stuff isn't, like, ca- like it can't be as memorable. It's a cop-out. Like, no, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's not true. That's I think definitely yeah, It's an absolute lie. Yeah, I think that's uh, when, especially when you're first starting a character. Actually, Actually, let me... Let me go through a few bits that I've gone through with a journey, right? So when I first bought my axe at the first ever mm. LARP event we went to, oh my God, this is the guy. This mm-hmm. is the guy. This is the axe. This is the guy, right? Like I, I had a really good idea of, of of who he was. And then we got the gimp armory in, which, <laughs> um, which definitely led like, to more of a aggressive style i would say right like uh it's all in black it's leather it's mm. it's like it's mordor ish right yeah um but now changing from that character to my current character it's like i bought like a couple of different bits that are mm. kind of like um, you've made really intelligent purchases actually i mean and cheap too like yeah. i hate keep banging on about how you don't need to spend the earth on larp kit i bought a ne- okay so i was gonna craft a necklace made out of shells and other interesting bits and then i was looking for like shells on ebay and all this stuff right and then i found a necklace made out of shells that looked really really good and it was like way cheaper than buying all the shells and all the stuff i needed to make a necklace so i was like so yeah. mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It gets tangled up really badly every single time. So you've actually it's... got loads of really nice bits of bling and stuff, and, and uh, by, not bling, but like you have yeah, a, like, really nice kind of like necklaces and, and natural bling, kind of, right? Yeah, like, like this <laughs> kind of layering effect that I think actually adds a lot of character. Like you've got these teeth that you had your oh, you had... the teeth actually is a whole other. Remind me of the teeth in a bit, like after I've just like anyway, yeah. <clears throat> the tambourine. Um, mm -hmm sends a message right like it's a very aggressive <laughs> instrument um yeah, and I like time, it a lot. So therefore it's that kind of like summer um ambitious like bold type vibe to it and i like that um i also bought a headband <clears throat> and this was an itsy purchase which was a it's basically a leather band around my head but it has a octopus in the middle uh made out of some sort of metal um but it's like is it brass probably brass i'm assuming brass yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um but i'm like boom sold right like it's an octopus mm. who doesn't like an octopus an octopus represents like intelligence adaptability right it's a cool thing and you get to have that on your headband as a mage like it's perfect like i love it um so yeah i think that's kind of where I've kind of come with my character and also swapping between two different characters and how I, how drastically I would, I would I would like to think that I'm playing both characters very differently now like oh, um, I, think and I think I think costume helps with that you know yeah. like um there's a few moments of like like my current character's idea is <clears throat> kind of to empower others mm. um with mixed success but when it is successful it's really cool and i think some of that garb when i'm walking around and, and clattering around because of the shell necklace mm. it, i think that kind of reminds you of of who the character is right? but i think that that all of that like <coughs> the the different layers the 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 logistics of your kit as well and and i mean bear in mind again to talk about the mundanities you, you have to do all of the things in your kit so it becomes you know what level i've of... lost so many boots to just not being grippy enough the amount of boots yeah. halfway through national training and i've been barefoot and everyone's looking at me <laughs> and i'm like I, I can't fall over again i would actually die yeah and it's <laughs> just but having like pouches for example and having um like uh, the necklaces Dude, and things pockets, like you have pockets pouches yeah. uh bandoliers um a bag that doesn't move around too much when you run like mm -hmm. um these are things that the the savvy warrior will bring with them to a battle right like you do not want to be overburdened with stuff and and i think that adds to the kind of and, and we're speaking as navarre we're a very navari centric uh podcast obviously <laughs> but like the the practicalities of battle is something that's built into the uh the the, the, brief, the, yeah. the brief of the nation and i think that's something actually very valuable when you start putting it into action you know but i think also outside of battle uh, for, i mean i i, I was going to where i was kind of going with it was like your necklaces and stuff and all of these other things there's almost like okay. a, yeah a, let's a, talk, a, let's let's talk sorry, about can the i necklace. finish my point and oh, then, sorry, uh, yeah. sorry. sorry and it was like it adds like this kind of um auditory kind of element to it, actually you're talking about sort of walking around jangle along there is actually something uh like when i walk along i have this a wooden mug that is at my side and i basically chucked in some um oc money to help fund the fireball that we have in the, in in the middle of the sort of the central pit area mm -hmm. and as a result of that i got this little uh, necklace thing which has this little symbol and i have that wrapped around my mug and just while i'm walking along this thing is constantly like just tapping, just like a light little tunk, 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 tunk against this 
wooden mug that I have at my side. And it's just like, these are things that have, they're kind of just there for me. They're little things that only I'll know about, right? That sound is a constant reminder of, oh, that's a, an, another little thing that I've kind of earned in, in that instance from, a, from a, a, an OC action. But it's something that kind of has sort of resonance with who my character is and stuff. I think it's mm -hmm. interesting that you, there's a, there's can be like a, a sensory element that isn't just how other people perceive your character, but it's how you feel in your kit as well. Yeah, massively. Uh, do you jingle, Merlin? Um, I don't jingle because it irritates me. I did have um, <laughs> quite a, my dad bought me a snake spine necklace from the pool, and I was like, this is perfect because before my first event, I put on what I had costume wise from what I had in my wardrobe. My friend looked at me and went, oh, it's really cute. You're like a Navarre, but Tinkerbell. And I was instantly like, no, I don't want to be Tinkerbell. Um, Who wants so to... then I still wear the Tink same dress. Tink is cool, but I appreciate you uh, rejecting yeah. her as an archetype. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I still, I still have a very Tinkerbell dress, and I still have the Tinkerbell silhouette, despite my best efforts. But then I, you know, I have trousers with thorns embroidered up them, and my boots. Mm. Um, and now I have armor on top, so I look sort of rough and ready Tinkerbell, which honestly. Tinkerbell would definitely be Navarre. Is so the best Tinkerbell. I appreciate right? that. The best um, so I don't, I don't clink specifically because noise irritates me sometimes. But um, I do find that like bit by bit things have happened. So I started off, my character had three parents. Two died in a tragic backstory, which I didn't write. But my <laughs> remaining parent wrote. And then my remaining parent went and died on a battle. And I was an orphan all over again. Um, but my in-character sibling um, is very sort of, we're very like two sides of the same coin character-wise. So there's a lot of um, things. We live in the same house. We are the same size. There's a lot of things that we co-own. Um, mm -hmm. And so it comes to who is the sort of more rough and ready side being me and then the more put together, very annoyed by our antics. Come <laughs> um, but I think bit by bit, um, things definitely built up so as i said shoes have been an issue for me things that i can grip in things that i can run about mm. on wet leaves with um 100%. and then also when it gets dark i go night blind so i can literally see nothing from the start of songs and stories onward barely anything you're not all. alone and in that you're not yeah. quite alone in scary that. um but <clears throat> like bit by bit i've got things so i have a glowing crystal which is in my pocket but then it also has a tie on the inside of my trousers so that if needs being i can tie it to my shin and mm. it can be by my feet so i that's, can actually see as smart. i walk that is that's actually because yeah. i have body slammed too many people into mud and i'm so sorry i um, um i fairly yeah. unapologetically have a um uh, a crafted kind of uh flashlight basically and i'm just i'm quite happy using yeah. that especially when it gets to that time of night right especially yeah. after a couple of chardonnays so um you can sometimes find yourself walking through uh uneven Probably terrain well if it life. if it rains and it goes and it all turns to mud i think like and and i mean footwear is is a whole other topic but basically your safety and your comfort is number one <laughs> like yeah. and and um, at all times at yeah. all times like whatever's happening at any point in larp um you can always lift your hand up and uh say help i'm far too drunk and in bushes, could someone come <laughs> get me? Um, yeah. 
or cold, right? And uh, so having a good uh, cloak and all of those things uh, are hugely important. Just having access to the and enough kit um, to keep yourself warm and dry and all of those yeah. sort of sensible things that you should try and kind of prepare yourself for. I didn't yeah. really want to necessarily we're not, we're, yeah, we're not talking go about, into that. That wasn't yeah, really where I wanted definitely, to. Definitely, definitely. But it's worth mentioning. All of that's important. Yeah, so all of that's very important. definitely uh, wrap up warm. Um, yeah. But the... Okay, let's talk about the necklace because yeah. I bought a <clears throat> actually I got it was a, a friend of mine who does 3D printing. Mm. Uh I paid him to print me some teeth, which I made into a necklace. Um and she put little holes in them for me and everything. Um and they basically became my necklace to represent my old character. Now, when I died, oh, again, I'm so sorry, it's so boring. <laughs> um I at the performance of the uh, just before the the octopus performance uh, as my final outing, I took off my necklace and gave it to um, Fire, who's played by Good Dave, and um, played by is that? Yeah, that's that works. Played by yeah yeah, um, and I gave it to him, being like, "You gotta you gotta step up, you know what I mean, and be you know the war chief from now Passing on." On the mantle. Yeah. yeah, and now the idea of the war chief always gets the necklace is a cool signifier, yeah. right? Like, I think there's there's something about uh, a, a title, at least within a, a mm. within a group's title, being mm. like you carry something or you are reminded of something, right? Like, uh, like the book, right? The book of yeah. sorrows, like uh, same concept. We've had like, um, I think that's one thing we did do quite well actually when we first started, and one piece of advice I'd. I'd we've given before and I'll, I'll give again is I think there's definitely the idea of having traditions uh, with your group. If you're going as a group, uh, just <clears throat> a few little things uh, that you can build on, you know, turns of phrase or aesthetical kind of touches um, or, or just items and, and sort of pieces of kit actually go a really long way. Like we have this thing where we'll sort of say uh, burn bright to each other. And that as just a little twist on things actually I'm kind really, of dude i'm really curious about what other groups like do you does must your be so group, much of this yeah merlin does your group have any like weird eccentricities that are like very specific to your group you know i mean i think it's our group is confusing because out of character we're all really close friends i live with about half of them um but we're getting huge like we've been for one year's worth of events, I've been to everyone. I'm the only one who's been to everyone of that year. Mm -hmm. And now the potential amount of people that are coming in the striding next event mm. is 21. Wow. wow. Which is a lot That's of people. Huge. I'm the brand. It's quite a lot of pressure. But it's yeah. interesting because our games are very separate. So it's very much a case of, you know, we wake up, we spend the morning like getting ready to go, then we all split and we don't see each other. Until we're all going to bed again. Um, this is a, a our little groups, but it's, it's a huge quite problem. nice to have that end of the day thing. But it is kind of yeah. an issue of trying to not feel disconnected from your friends. But then obviously, if you have different games and you enjoy different parts of it, there's no reason that somebody should have to not like miss out on that. But yeah. we're just sort of trying to work out ways to include everybody and all feel as if we're at Empire together, not just sharing a tent. Well, yeah. like, um, you know, like taking advice from a, a friendly Navarre on who to vote for in certain elections, <laughs> you know, like that's one thing that really makes people feel involved, you know? I mean, so. 
I, I think like <laughs> for example we have this like traditions i think are just such a i mean there's a there's a reason i think humans are drawn to certain types of <clears throat> traditions and, and so on to a certain extent but for example, when Ifan died, to, to bring it up again, um, the idea that we had this sort of thing, which is called the telling, where everybody will kind of gather around the fire and sort of tell a story about the person who's uh, died. And it's kind of, that is just a really simple kind of tradition. Was it, it, It's, it, I mean, it, and, and it's this is going to be absolute best. It's the absolute best. Like, uh, organizing yeah. funerals for your own striding is the best. And also realizing, died yet. <laughs> you guys are not Nobody playing, died. you guys are not playing the right game. Hopefully, with 21 of you, you'll have a much higher mortality yeah. rate because, come on, die the, 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 I, I think this is difficult maybe for new players who have only been to one yeah. or two events. Um, if you die in an event, it can feel meaningless, and it it it, it might well be right. Like you're still mm -hmm. learning the game and have fun, and it was the experience of dying in the in the battle and making that decision was worthwhile. But when you're three, four, you know, events in or more, like yeah. we could be talking like seven, eight for some people, right? When it is that person's time to go, and there are stories being told about that person. You would be stunned at who shows up. Mm. You'd be like yeah. the respect from outside your group, which I, I think is one thing. You can get like you can get into your own group and, mm -hmm. and really enjoy that, and that's totally fine. Which is one of the best things about uh, a festival LARP, where you can cut, show up and just be within your own little posse, you know. But yeah. when when you start realizing the effect that you've had on the world, I think that's something just magical, you know. And I think, but there, I think there is this whole thing about as well. Uh, there's, there's no pressure on feeling like you have to also be the person who has like a, a huge impact to when you die. There's a massive kind of oh, there's, Dude, a, there's it's, a void. It's, it's, it's all about personal experience. Yeah, right. Like, like, um, uh, one thing I was thinking about recently was, do you remember I told the story about how we all went to songs and stories, and there was a thing where you all hold your weapons up to the uh, the middle of the flame, right, and mm -hmm. you walk around it. I remember um, me telling you then that it was just for me. Yeah. Um, that's a really good example. There is a selfish side to all of this, which isn't, I say selfish, like it's a bad thing. It is a bad thing, but uh, more like a, a personal growth thing where you can experience things that you would never experience in your day-to-day -day life um, and really commit to those role play elements and mm. experience whole things that are just truly magical at LARP, right? Like, um, I think we will go there for those moments when you lose yourself, right? Uh, and yes. those are, I mean, and, and it's the same in your mundane life. You know, there's, there are moments where you lose yourself in your work, and that sort of flow state that you get in is enjoyable. It has, there's a sort of a pleasurable attribution that comes with it. That inside role playing is magical. This idea that you can kind of transition into like just being for, and, and it might only be for brief, brief moments, but those moments when you actually experience an environment as your character and you get to sort of indulge that aspect is so powerful and so rewarding to engage in and, and to be honest with you that the real you know that's the good stuff right that's why you come that's back the good good right i think we said it uh the before we even went to an event that it was like if i get two moments of immersion right like um and i don't think you get that often but you can get that through TV and film and gaming and D and D. There are certain moments, but there's something there's something else about LARP, right? Like it's really, really 
amazing when you get those moments of immersion. I, th I think you're physically there. You physically have to do the thing. You have to engage in it, and you have to engage in it with more, with, you know, with all that you are, because... It, and there's no, there's no calm, right? There's no, like, yeah. you get to, I'm going to sit back and think about, like, it, say if you're playing D&D &D or a computer game, you can pause or think about it, or there's lots of things you can do to, a social one-on-one -on -one or one-on-a-group situation is, like, it's happening right yeah. now in real time. There's no pause button. There's no do-over button. This is it, right? Like, it's, um, I think there's something, the, the, the terrifying nature of what that is is something uh i don't know i i think it's amazing i, I i'm gonna There's open something... i want to please continue marlon but i'm gonna open a bottle of wine which will be audible i, I just want to say clearly okay. i only had one glass of wine it was the end of a previous <laughs> bottle it's not like i've drunk two <laughs> bottles of red right now okay so here we go All right cool merlin please continue okay um i was just gonna say that i think um that what you're saying about immersion is quite important because there's something to be said for not overthinking but definitely thinking into things because sometimes there's going to be moments where the immersion is very almost there and you just need to tip yourself over the side mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so my first event i didn't do the one battle as my character i monstered but i didn't do the main battle um and i was stood by the gate and i watched navar line up and i watched the people who i'd literally just met my familiar faces walked through the gate and I was like oh this feels quite emotional and then I just sort of in my head I was like these are real people and they might never come back mm. and I just burst into floods of tears because right. the people who I'd only just met were my only familiar faces might not return and obviously you can snap yourself out of it and go well most people can and if you can't be careful with yourself um but, you know, they can they can go, you know, they will come back. But then there's something to be said for giving yourself the sort mm. of permission to be immersed in it because it was very yeah. good for me to begin I, I with think... to not feel silly, be like, it is okay to cry for these people because everybody else around you is in that same belief that there are people who may never come back. And Usually, a really lovely druggy and medic came up and said, get some food in you, dry your tears, they'll come home ah. when they're ready. And oh, I was just great. like, oh. so and oh, it was that's absolutely awesome. amazing. And that was the moment where I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm coming back. <laughs> oh, legend, oh, my word. legend veteran, whoever that was, like, yeah, really good. Shout out to that person. That is, that's like the, that's, that's solid. And I, I think um, we haven't really discussed it much, but um, bleed is something that um, it's a really complicated thing. I think that's worth a, a whole other thing, but like just to touch on it briefly, like bleed is basically when uh, role-playing uh, bleeds into your own personal life and can sometimes have very strong emotional reactions. Um, I think like bleed is kind of potentially part of what makes LARP so good um mm. but it has to be managed i think bursting it's into tears yes. it can be good or bad yes yeah. I, I find it very therapeutic um as a a mirror to myself like if that makes sense um mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be quite cathartic to it, it is quite cathartic to uh role play and sometimes have for me anyway and i think this is very different for different people but for me personally i really enjoy pushing up to the edge of of who i am and mm. what my experiences are 
and experience something quite personal to me in a context that's manageable and has distance yeah. um and and really fall into it and enjoy it right like yeah. i think i think in role playing in general um i i like my rp to to go places right i like the idea of that i will give myself permission to allow my rp to to take me on journeys uh and, and i think as long as you're self-aware enough of you know where you should you know set yourself those kind of uh, limitations and things and, and the ways you want to kind you know that you should need to be sort of aware but you, if you're if, if you're kind of aware of those kind of risks the rewards are just so huge and the ability to just explore yeah. and examine different aspects um it, it's just so it's such a huge part of it and i think that really is why we keep coming back uh, just because yeah, to, to, to double down on what you just said though allowing yourself permission is a big part of this um i think, I think you there's... can often be caught up in like the, and i i'm a huge uh sort of victim of this in my own life this idea of just constantly being nervous right in social situations and uh and and i you know i'm not a, a socially confident person i'm, I'm fairly uh, introverted in a lot of settings but I, i've i've noticed through going to LARP that it has helped me sort of grow a little bit you know I mean it's not like overnight I become some kind of you know oratory kind of like powerhouse or whatever but like there's you know the idea that I can go somewhere and I can actually deliver a speech and people will listen to me right I'd, I'd like the council I can be like one of the main speakers at it mm-hmm. and like that has some kind of weight and that I can go to a place where people maybe just generally interested in in who i am and what i'm doing like obviously you know yeah. that you know in, in in your personal life that your friends and stuff are all interested in those kind of things it but is. i think it's and look, sorry but yeah, please like, yeah um i think it, it, the idea of having that as an exploratory avenue for yourself is just hugely beneficial uh, i think it's more like I, I, I'll go back to it again, allowing yourself to give, give yourself permission to do something. I think there's a lot of stuff to do with, uh, we're getting very sidetracked here and you're supposed yes, to be the host, by the way. Um, the, uh, but when you, when you allow yourself permission to maybe stretch out of the role that potentially you give yourself in life, right? Like, so we all write ourselves a narrative of who we are, right? And I think one thing about you is that maybe you, you wrote yourself the narrative that you weren't, a confident sociable person and that's not the e and i know right and that's one thing that's great about larp that it, it potentially allows a person to unlock size their personality through game right there are stuff that you can um have aspirations to or an aim to do in part of this game in order to achieve those things you have to push your boundaries right and i think that's something like so great about LARP that you get to maybe question that that self-portrait of yourself. Like I, I certainly mm. don't view you as potentially like an introverted person. I think it's more like those things where you potentially feel more comfortable in an environment are very different from where you feel uncomfortable in an environment. I think LARP is something that's that has allowed you to at first feel very nervous in the environment and then blossom into the environment. And there you are in front of like 
uh, a group full of people, some of them you know, some of them you don't know, some of them you respect, some of them that respect you, but you are able to uh, allow yourself, uh, as I said before, give yourself permission just to go for it, you know, and be that, you know, and I think that's, I think you're a great example of that, dude. Honestly. I think there's another really telling aspect that you kind of learn as you attend more events and you kind of see there's these, uh, they seem like, you know, huge characters, you know, if you were to go, when you go to your first event, you're like, these are main characters, right? Like the kind of people who are really important in the nation or in, in the whole kind of setting, you know, the, the people that stand out. Uh, and as you kind of, as you go more, you get to know them and stuff. And you realize that everybody is nervous, right? And and, and everybody yeah. gets nervous in different ways. Uh, and I, I mean, I think that that was a, a huge element for you, right? When you kind of, you know, you went to uh, an event and you kind of discovered that in certain situations, you, you know, you weren't, you know, you'd, you'd seen yourself in one way and then there's a few things you didn't pursue uh, mm -hmm. in the way that you maybe expected yourself to. And then you came back and kind of, and, and then did those things. And I think that was a hugely rewarding thing for you to engage. Massively in. rewarding. Um, speaking of which, like we went into a whole bunch of this stuff in an episode that we, we recorded did, yeah. with Justin Talisman. The Talisman? Talisman? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Who uh, is a very, inf who play he's a really influential um, Navarre player. Um, unfortunately, we lost that episode due to poor sound quality. Mm. Um, but I think we went into that where, like Justin is a a huge force in Navarre. His personality stretches out like I mean charisma for days. Like he's yeah. just a really great dude. And like um, but one of the things that we touched on in that was, and we all spoke about it in a very personal way, but like maybe not feeling that way while you're doing it, mm. but the effect you can have on other people um by 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 doing it, right? Mm. Like by by uh by faking it while until you make it right like there's something really great about larp where you can um just get on up there put a brave face on and really enhance other people's experience yeah, having a crack and everyone have a crack, everyone, everyone wants it to succeed right <laughs> i think that's the really cool thing about larp and uh, and i think although all of this by the way sounds like it's very off topic I think what this really touches on is the fact is that very kit and character are actually so interlinked in the way that they inform each other. The it's it's all fundamentally comes down to self-expression and the expression of the character that you discover uh, as you as you move through your various events and circumstances occur to your character and how do you represent these events then you know, as items that you attribute to yourself or other people give to you or you craft for yourself or you make yeah. for yourself to represent all of these extremely meaningful things that can happen or they, they could be hilarious, small little things or, or anything in between. But all of these things can kind of, uh, they can kind of just feed back in to memories. Mem LARP memories and the way they kind of come to me as I'm walking around my mundane life can just bring so much pleasure just dude, occasionally just all of us i guarantee dude i guarantee all of us just started smiling then when we said lot memories right like yeah. it's a yeah. it's something cool about that merlin please just fire into yeah. the conversation by the way <laughs> like Sorry, me and do um, this a lot so you yeah, need I was to just fight say for that. a lot of what a lot of what we've been talking about is the idea of like costume versus kit to me which is in my head is like costume i see as saying that you maybe you'd wear like on TV or in a mm. film or as part of a play or even, you know, as a cosplay, Halloween. I'd say it's different. Costume and kit are very different because you have to live in kit. It's the same as the idea mm -hmm. of a character in D&D. &D. 
for me at least, is less of a person than a character in LARP because some things that you can fake for that amount of time or you can play mm. as a character on stage just don't work because you can be a brooding D&D player because the DM is there making sure you still have game. Being a brooding person in LARP, it might work, but it's really difficult. You've got to have the hard skills <laughs> to be able to pull it off. It's lonely. Yes. Um, yeah. There's a lot of sort of stuff to be said for the idea of, you know, your your character is a person. So it's I think a lot of this about like downtime as well. When you step away from your character and you hang up their clothes, what are they doing? They've still got to have some kind of livingness to them. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I just, completely agree. Yeah, and it's a lot for me, at do least you... when you were talking about the idea of giving yourself permission to do stuff and to do things that might make me feel silly. It makes me think of the uh, so many times I've said to myself at LARP, oh, I won't do that because I'm not that kind of person. Like, I'm 18 years old. I don't know what kind of person I am. Mm, right. The first time someone was saying, are you going to national training? And this was before I thought I was going to do combat. I said, mm, no, I don't think. And then I stopped myself, the whole just say yes. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go, but I don't know if I'll enjoy it. And I, I went and I enjoyed it. I haven't stopped since. I hate to tell you this, Merlin, but that feeling, it really doesn't change much the older you get. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think yeah, that's like... but it's like... just so ridiculous. The amount of my friends that have been like, oh, I'm, not, I'm just not that kind of person. Oh, I don't think I could do... The amount of people who've gone to LARP that I've taken to LARP that have said, oh, I mean, I'll go because you seem so passionate about it, but I won't like it because I'm not that kind of person. There is yeah. every kind of person at LARP and there's yeah. every kind of character at LARP because I, I, there are such a variety. I, I totally do like preach, preach. The, um, <laughs> the, the, I, I've, one, I think that that's a, uh, a truth about people generally. Now people do change. Like you can, you can start off being a very open person and become close and a close person can become open. But I think that's something that, um, there are certain people that will always have those certain attitudes and certain people that will always uh, reject them. Right. So it's interesting. Like you can't, you can take a a donkey to water, but it won't necessarily drink. Right. Like, yeah. um, yeah. I think there is a huge reward. If you go to something like LARP uh, and, and, and and to be honest, you could take this into other environments. When we're talking about LARP, ultimately you are essentially engaging in, in a, in a sandpit, a creative environment, right. Uh, with other individuals where you so you don't have it's not something you have complete control over um you you know like the sort of sandpit you're in there with everyone else and you're kind of uh, rendering this experience collectively and the idea that you again give yourself permission to indulge in that experience and explore that with everyone else i think that the way and the avenues of possibility that opens up for you is, an, uh, is, is just so rewarding mm-hmm. and so freeing uh, that they can, they, that, you know, that that's, again, I think that's uh, the, the sort of elements that will keep bringing you back. Because, you know, in, in your mundane life, maybe that isn't something that is, you know, readily available to you. Maybe, you, you, you know, you, you don't have those kind of possibilities all the time. I mean, and, and many people don't. And, it, and it's, yeah. You know, it, it does open up all these kind of, as I say, these kind of LARP memories. Like, I'm I'm just constantly, like, walking around, and occasionally I'll just, you know, hum one of the songs from Songs and Stories, or I'll think back to, like, the time this happened, or I'll remember something that someone said. And it's your experience, Merlin, when you were talking about this character who who didn't know you, came up to you and said these, you know, these words that had sort of poignancy at that moment, and they said it in character, right? And, and you may never see that person again. You know, and the, the way that all of these incidental kind of moments can kind of fall in and actually 
how you can provide those moments as well is so rewarding. The idea that you can actually be the person who can have, say, that one line to somebody that, you know, maybe is actually has like value, you know, and that's not necessarily something that you always, even though it probably is true, uh, something that you don't always feel enabled to do in real life. But in, in LARP, it's something that can very, very truly be a force that you can bring to, to, to bear. Yeah, uh, sorry, just to butt in, like, we got, it's giving yourself permission to do it. And I yeah. think like LARP is one of those things where you can give yourself permission to do it because there's a game involved where you, you want to succeed in it, right? Like or whatever mm. that might be for whatever challenge you might set for yourself. Um, and I think that more unlocks something in the real world about what you're potentially capable of, right? Mm. I mean, and, and I think like uh, to, to feed on that and, and to, to sort of hone back into the original topic, I think this also feeds into the idea of uh, gifts, right? The idea that you can give gifts to people to uh, and, and receive gifts as well and have these kind of relationships that develop and that can be expressed, right? I mean, that's ultimately what we're talking about, really. We're talking about expressions of ourselves, expressions of how uh, uh, we want a relationship to be represented and what, you know, how, what kind of in, in, um, interactions we want to have. And, and we can do all these things in a really creative and freeing environment where we can just have fun and, and just in, in, indulge all of these different things. And, and it's, it, it's hugely rewarding. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said about the idea of relationships um, being one of the most important things to do with gift. Mm. Um, in that, so obviously my last IC parent to die, they had a lot, they were from the Brass Coast, and they had a lot of colourful um, scraps of fabric on their costume. Mm. And afterwards, we went um, to the camp, the Canamaragueras, and mm -hmm. they gave us what we'd been left for by them. Um, and it was really lovely. But then also, we were allowed to take a strip of the cloth from the oh, costume. Really cool. And now that's between the two layers of my mage armour. So nobody else can see it. Now you all know it's there. Um, but I have a part of their old costume uh, in between and it's those little things yes. obviously like when you first begin you don't know where you want to add them and that's fine but over time I find for me the bits of my costume I'm the most proud of are mm -hmm. things that people will probably never notice that yeah. you can't see or like embroidery that's hidden under another layer of clothing just bit by bit by bit it builds up the story of the person you are and the character you're wearing and it makes things feel more real because for me the biggest issue I have with immersion isn't when I'm talking to people. I mean, I do feel a bit silly to begin with and I feel worried that I'm going to embarrass myself, but does that person to build off and to feel like you're in, con in like not in control, but in the image, you're there, you're part of it. But then as soon as I'm walking to somewhere on my own, I get that very aware of me, Merlin, as a person. Um, mm. And just to sort of have more of your character and more of the game almost woven into the clothes you're wearing keeps love you in that. it a little bit really hell i really me. love that i think that's such a like yeah, you were saying with the tapping point. of your cup you know most people don't know what it is but for you yeah. you're walking along i don't know <laughs> i'm actually no that that, that is literally game, why i have like, it like that keep you in it a little bit yeah that's literally why i have it like that i i have purposely wrapped this medallion essentially so it taps against the cup just so I, it, it literally serves as a, as a rhythmic reminder of this is me when i've got it on i'm in character and it yeah. makes a noise that uh, even when I'm walking on my own, you know, having, you know, and you're constantly walking on your own generally from 
one meeting to another meeting to you know to whatever it is you're doing you know you've gone to the loo you've come back all those kind of things and it's like those moments when you're on your own especially if it's your first few events can actually as you say be quite kind of moments where suddenly you're kind of in your own mind again and of course your own mind falls back into old habits yeah exactly those old habits as well of just uh, self-doubt and and being pulled out of the moment and 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 that's why it's so rewarding to have such a visual experience around you when you're at LARP and why something like Empire as well is so amazing because the vista of, of, of a festival LARP or uh, a LARP where everyone's in phenomenal kit and, and there's so many people who put so much effort in and I, I can only thank everyone for all of the effort they put into all of their kit because they're just moments where you look across and a sea of just... Who knows how many thousands of collective hours have gone into every inch of your vision? Is it's so captivating, um, and and so those kind of treats, those visual treats that are just around you all the time, can really just be such an assistance to sort of keeping you in the moment. And that's the, the, you know trying to cherish that. But again, having these things yourself that you can have for you uh, is so valuable and so rewarding. And the, and the fact that these things are often essentially avatars of memory, it, of experiences that you've earned and had and shared, it's just hugely rewarding. And 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 I'm constantly like my mind outside LARP is constantly getting drawn back into those moments where I'm just like, yeah, that's a happy time, right? There's so many happy times where I can just be drawn back into those kind of LARP events and those LARP experiences. And sometimes they're literally things that I'm almost like a camera, right? Almost like a, a film crew looking at things. Seeing uh, Dave as Ifan around that fireball, you know, just he's in a moment and he's, he's just said in this very podcast, it, it was for, for him. But it was also for me because I'm there on the outside of the circle looking in seeing my best friend playing this character, experiencing that moment, and it's a captivating experience, right? Something where you're just like, yeah, that is just... Like, how often do you really get to see uh, the people you love experiencing awesome experiences that you can tell are bringing them something, you know? And that's that in itself is yeah. rewarding. It, it's so hugely meaningful to have visions like that that are, are etched into my memory that I'll carry with me for all time. And, and, and that's what LARP brings. All of these times where I get to share it with all of these incredible people who I'm fortunate enough to experience life with. And then we can have this kind of collective tapestry that we can build of memory and experience and, all, and crafting and kit and everything that's gone into it, right? That we've all put effort in and it's effort sort of spent and rewarded through our shared experience. It's so magical. Ian, that was lovely. Um, <laughs> but I think that's got to be a record. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <people. laughs> nah, Ian, that's incredibly sweet, man. I do appreciate that. It's um, yeah. I mean the the experiences we have at LARP are can be you know formative and life changing, right? And I think like uh, Merlin, you coming in at such an early age is something that I would uh, I don't know. I think it would be so great if I discovered LARP earlier. Yeah. I don't know it's it's strange because there's a lot of LARP I just see in my life because I've I've been really lucky with my life experiences mm. and a lot of time like especially around the fire at songs and stories it it's it is 
akin to other parts of my life but the, the difference is honestly my whole year is based around the empire calendar at this point the mm-hmm. first I think- thing I do at the beginning of the new year is I'm like okay work I'm sorry but you can't have me for this weekend this weekend mm-hmm. this weekend all that weekend and it's non-negotiable I think I think we're all in that boat to a certain extent like yeah. uh, it's funny when we first went and when the, like our first few events and we were you know we honestly didn't know what to expect really and we thought you know add worst right it's mm. going to be like a, a fun experience that we share um, but now uh, I'm waiting to get those dates for the events and I'm just straight away writing them in, in the diary, the work diary, because yeah, the, as you say, they're non-negotiable and it's, it's funny how it's expanded as well. Cause it used to just literally be the days and now it's like, well, actually I, I kind of really yeah, want the Thursday. I really want that Thursday as well. And well, you've got to get the Monday to recover Wednesday so I could pack, pack without stressing. And... Uh, the, uh, a Wednesday? I would, I would go for a Wednesday. I'd definitely have to investigate the uh, shower block more if I went on a Wednesday. Yeah. But um... Going on Thursday is phenomenal, right? Like, so good. Yeah. Well, Ian... Um, yes. Sorry. Do you... Um, do you want to, do you have anything else to talk about when it comes to crafting you? Well, actually, I was going to then, we should actually try and rein this massively back in if you guys are, uh, can, can bear to do a bit more. Uh, yep. And just is like, obviously, we've been going through the whole COVID experience and uh, the big break that that's brought. Um, so there's been time for crafting. And I'm, a, I, I, I'm speaking for myself. Um, there's also been time not to craft as well and uh to both think about larp and to be productive and unproductive in so many different ways um is there anything that you guys have been working on or working towards or looking forward to work on as you move into sort of where we're going to be in the future with your characters yes (laughs) i have quite a lot of things yeah um so i've finished my third iteration of mage armor okay um, because the first one was good. The first one was the one that you saw me make on the stream. It was okay. okay. It was okay. But the shape wasn't quite right. It's a bit flat. It's mm-hmm. a bit wide for me. I'm too small for it, basically. Anyway, so hopefully somebody in the vines will want that because the vines diamond on it. So there we go. Gifting <laughs> kit. Um, I've nice. also made a mage armor that is a fizz wrap of a magical item. So hopefully I can be a little less squishy and have to run away slightly less often. Um, so that's exciting and then the third one I finished which is very similar to the first one but obviously a different design because if I do gift the first one to someone else I don't want them to feel like they're forced into having matching cap, matching mm. cap, matching kit with me um, and then also we finally have designed our striding logo after four events without one um, and I what's, the, what's the basic of, sort of shape and gist of it? Um, so it's a half moon of sort of tangly one side goes into vines for oh, us nice. and like the less combat side and the other side goes into thorns for our thorns and we've got a ribbon of like magic slash potion looking liquid woven through it for our alchemists. Um, That's really wow. cool. And it's braided in the middle because obviously with the new hearth magic update we wanted some of the, the braidingness. And then oh. we really wanted something in the middle that sort of symbolised freedom because our group um, was mostly founded by ex-slaves. Um, okay. So we thought we're thinking. Sounds like bird. heresy to me. Yeah, well, we're thinking we're thinking a bird because we saw a lot on the ship leaving. Um, so we've got a starling because they just sort of worked with a lot of a lot of what we wanted. We started off with birds of prey, but then we were like, well, we're not 
we're not all birds of prey. A lot of us yeah. aren't super heavy combat, or we just didn't get imagery. So it was a, it was a lot of trial and error. I think I drew eight different versions with different birds after the first like eight preliminary sketches. So it's been a lot of drawing. Um, and I think this is a thing week, with. Sorry. I get to paint it on the big leather thing that we have to hang it up, and I'm very excited. And I've made a rug, and I'm very excited now. I get what, to buy what bird. What bird did you go for? Bird starling. Starling. Yeah. Because we wanted yeah. a dark one, but obviously not black, because we didn't want to be too winter marky with their storm crows. Mm, so yeah, of course. Small, yeah. not aggressive looking, but also starlings are absolute buggers and the total bullies <laughs> of the feeding table. They've got beautiful colours in them, freedom, family. We just yeah. So it's yeah. <laughs> there's, um, there's this kind of really interesting thing when you're kind of crafting. It was interesting to listen to you talk about the idea of you know different iterations of your armor, and it kind of reminded me of mine. And uh, you know, you can learn so much through doing through making something um, that you instantly know how you would do it better, and the less uh, and the lessons you learn along the way of making it teach you you know how version two will look, and then as you say, version three. Um, I remember my first armor was just so like pants compared to what I have now, and even now, like my current armor, I'm tempted to kind of like take it apart again and, and redo it in in quite a few ways. It's just I, finding I, the time and stuff to do it. We we started in earnest making uh, my Lamlar armor. We even did it on the stream. Yeah, that is sitting in a bag in the corner of my room like not doing anything right now. It's a now. big job it's like, though. It's a big Yeah, but it's like I, I think there's something to be said about quarantine. Uh yeah. Like it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Yeah. I, I have the feeling like as soon as uh an uh, uh, an event gets like we know there's an event, right? Yeah. E1 is on this date. This is when it's happening. Then suddenly I'll be like this whirlwind of action going yeah. oh my god i've had months to do this i should have done this ages ago and i'll be trying to do all this stuff write letters and you know <laughs> do or do all the things basically it's I gonna think that's be uh, where so many people are gonna be i mean that's where i am with so many different things i mean uh, i've fallen into other hobbies and done other things along the way and there's things i've done for larp in fact um we're doing like a a, a secret santa thing and i've been put, putting together some stuff for that but um, yeah, it's a, it's a LARP Christmas Santa for for LARP content creators, which is a weird group very for us to be. I was part going to of. say, if it's Empire Wise, that sounds quite heretical. I don't know. It's, <laughs> uh, it's 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 uh, people from the states. It's people from it, it all over, basically. So uh, we're involved in that. Um, Ian's put something together quite nice. Uh, we have no idea what. Oh, we should also mention um, that we're going to do a Christmas stream. Um, Around towards Christmas time, maybe the twenty oh, third. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know, but like, we will be posting it up. I yeah, know, we'll, we'll we see. Finalize the date. We're gonna have but... we're gonna have a uh, a quiz, which is gonna be exciting, and um, also we're gonna do a giveaway, winky face, a giveaway, winky face. <laughs> so, um, and details of that will be on the uh, our Facebook page towards december time basically yeah yeah and that and that'd be that'd be really good fun to i mean, it, it, I mean it's, it's strange i mean obviously we haven't recorded so much over this period as well i mean you've been um uh, just much more productive than me on that front it's it's a strange time and i think everyone's kind of uh, I'm, I'm sure going through similar kind of processes in their own kind of 
mm-hmm. uh, experience with LARP, trying to you know find those spaces for uh, whatever you you need to do and whatever sort of serves you best. And and weirdly, I've had a a, a, a recent rekindling in uh, kind of creativity. So I'm sure this happens in waves, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I think the key is to not beat yourself up when you're in a, a trough. And just to take advantage of it when you're on the uh, the high, do you know what I mean? I like, um, right? And I think that's how I think that's how creativity works for most people. Dare I say it? Uh, yeah, and I, I think to be honest with you, yeah, that even I translates. Say, Sorry, go, go for yeah. it. I I definitely I definitely say it would. I go to art college. I have done like I might have been productive in the last few weeks. Larp wise, I had a big hype boom, but it's been scary. It's been scary to get hyped and hopeful for. Like, because mm. you know one's coming you don't know when it's coming and it, it is scary i feel like i'm gonna jinx it it feels like the new kit curse <laughs> times 100 i've got new kit and it's been sat there for months and it's missed a whole year and it's been ready for so long and so much expectation is piling up on it mm-hmm. um that i think when the next event is announced I'll, I'll be overjoyed but i'll be quite scared i think it'll feel like going for the first event again because it's going to be different yeah um i think that's uh, do you know what i think that's a yeah, I think that's a really great point about being potentially scared about going to the first event. Um, mm. If 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 you're not, then fair enough. But I'm sure there are plenty of people out there listening to this that are like, yep, do you know what I mean? Like 100%. Mm. And I think it's going to be, I think, like we were talking about this, Ian, weren't we? And we were talking about how potentially at our first E1, we might not do a huge amount of game, right? Mm-hmm. Like we might potentially just be really satisfied by being proper e1 noobs go for a few drinks and icy coin skirmishes battles hanging out like that might now yeah but that might potentially be all that my e1 might be right like it's it's something just hanging out with the lads as part of the striding right and getting to meeting all the old faces like ah it's seeing all the people i mean that's that's why to be honest with you i mean that's you know, one of the main rewards of going, of course, is to see all the people you've made uh, sort of relationships with, right? Like all the, mm-hmm. that's the, the big reward, right? Is to see all of those people again and their characters and to enjoy their company. And uh, dude, dude, how telling it is it with um, people that you're communicating with in the LARP community? Like there are people that I know solely through LARP and we talk yeah. all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a... Uh, just it, it may not even be about LARP nowadays, right? No. Like you can build some really strong friendships through going to these things with really uh, kind of like with unexpected friends, I would say. You know, people that like you would never you would never really bump into or get to know, but LARP is this great vehicle to be like, ah, well, we both have loads in common that aren't necessarily surface value, and we'll make a really good friendship out of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Well, I guess um, it kind of went off on quite a few tangents throughout the episode, but hopefully... <laughs> Ian, are you saying that an episode hosted by you went a little bit on tangents here? Hey, I, I, I'm not sure I want to take full responsibility what? for it. I think it was a shared experience where we all kind of a saw... Sh- it was, it was in, in, I'm not going to argue, it was a shared experience, that's for sure. I just <laughs> worry about, like, Merlin, I feel like we're going to have to have you on again. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, or, or another stream, maybe. 
Yeah, we'll sort something out. I mean, yeah. I, by the way, if I think our stream that we had, um, it's on our YouTube channel, and it's also I think it's still on Twitch, which is Dave the Dave the Larper is what I've uh, been streaming on. But um, it's a really fun stream. So if you enjoyed this, it, it's uh, we, we had a really good chat on the uh, crafting stream. Oh, that was yeah. There's a really kind of uh, lovely therapeutic kind of um, a chill kind of stream as well, where we were all, all three of us were just sitting there crafting. Yeah, we should do uh, this again, by the way, just so I can finish my armor. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, give you the motivation. Yeah, yeah. like uh, once I'm in front of the the camera, I'll be like, you better craft right now. You know, it is actually really nice to sort of uh, just to sit and talk about LARP and and to to sort of craft and have things sort of like working as a as a group. It's actually quite nice. Well, um, isn't it like uh, actually, it's kind of. Uh, uh, because me and Ian can come over and uh, craft together, right? But there's something about like, well, Merlin's the other side of the country. Well, not the other side of the peer country. Peer pressure. Yeah. It's peer pressure. <laughs> well, it is peer pressure, peer pressure into motivation. Yeah. Hey, I might be a radical, but a little bit of peer pressure doesn't always hurt. It goes a long way. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, but um, if your peers have your best interest at heart, then yes. it's probably okay. If it's in a healthy environment where everyone's. <laughs> Everyone pushing you to finish your damn kit dave yeah <laughs> i just i i want to be i would love to be like wearing my new lamlar armor you know you put it on e1 let's go you know like uh i think that could be really fun you know you like yeah. something uh recently about when you managed to get the uh, previous episode which i'm uh, listeners may have listened to at this point uh out about the idea they're just the reward of finishing a project and uh i think oh, that was on my that was on my personal facebook page was, where i said sorry. there's uh yeah no it's fine it, it, it's fine it's <laughs> like um basically i said like there's there's very few feelings in life that are better than finishing a project and i mean that genuinely every time we get an episode out it really means like uh it's a great yeah. feeling like yeah. uh and seeing people download it and listen to it it's really cool like uh we really like doing it so uh occasionally we, we take a bit of a break here and there through lots of reasons uh but like I, I don't know like we try to record episodes it's tough it's really tough trying to find people with good audio equipment and like not have too many technical issues and all the rest of it so <laughs> um you know it's it's uh, it is what it is but definitely getting an episode out feels awesome so if you're getting to the end of this episode and uh yeah just just Thank you very much for uh, listening to it, really. Yeah, and staying with us and staying on those crazy little pathways that we've kind of navigated that were way off topic. I had all of these things written down and maybe we'll come back and, and talk about them in some other capacity some other time. But uh, yeah, we'll come up I, with another title and then we'll just have Merlin on again, basically. Yeah, so. I, I, I think it has been interesting going into all of this and I think it would be something that'd be nice to sort of touch on in some other capacity. And we'll, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll Ian, explore it other ways. Ian, yeah. zero regrets about the conversation yeah. we just it had. Was it so was good. really like yeah. uh it's it's really nice to talk about this with you guys and kind of like it's nice to to get a bit of camaraderie um over this time period so it's good man it's really good yeah it's been oh. every time i get a big empire hype and i'll go on my facebook and like click on somebody i know from empire and be like i miss you <laughs> not to be weird but i really miss you yeah, yeah. It's yeah. true. It's so true, actually. I can't wait to fight you as a monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I managed to actually finish my new monstering kit as well. I mean, that's been a, the, one of the things that I did manage to achieve over, over the whole break was to get my monstering armor sort of done. and, and Yeah, you say all that stuff. productive, right? But oh, then... no, I've done, I've done a lot. I did a lot early on, right? Well, I like, this is I, the thing. I think there's... Yeah. Uh, I think there's uh, 
I think it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine and, and I was talking about like projects that I had on the go at the moment. I was just like, man, I haven't done this and I haven't done this and I really want to do this. And I wish this was, you know, going ahead the way I wanted it to. And uh, they said to me like, oh, Dave, like, uh, do you know what I accomplished last month? I finished Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the second time. <laughs> and I was like, man, you know what? Sometimes we can really like... <laughs> Uh, beat ourselves up about um <laughs> you know projects that yeah. we want to finish but you know let's uh let's give ourselves a break and uh, enjoy the little victories as they come right i think you can give yourself permission to have a break as well i think that's another <laughs> yeah. whole part of the lesson yeah. <laughs> to be honest with yeah. you the world's falling apart i mean if there's a time to take a little uh break on yourself for having creative projects i think i think once you uh start a once you get back into a creative project, it can be yeah. really cathartic. So, yeah. and that's that's waiting for you if you're not there now. But um, if you are there now, get on it. Work tomorrow. Yeah. Work today. Like, do it twenty minutes. Just give it a little go. You know, it's really good. Just sitting down yeah. and doing this was really nice. Like, to be honest, honestly, anything small that gets you started and makes you feel like you've done absolutely a tiny little bit, even if it's just one percent more than nothing, is really impressive because. I've had a struggle with art college, especially the pressure of doing creative things for my academic and then also trying to do creative things for enjoyment. It's Mm. difficult. It's difficult. We were quarantined from college and I've just spent a week doing not much, lots of cleaning and cooking for people. And honestly, it's been great. Yeah. Might get complain to on monday but it's been great and i think you need to look after yourself because otherwise you form the sort of negative connotations with the thing that you actually really enjoy doing mm-hmm. you're going to struggle to enjoy it as much in the future forever yeah so it's if, better if to it's have not... a couple of unproductive weeks than never enjoy the thing again yeah i'm looking at right now um i bought a uh, for all you uh games workshop nerds i bought um uh, blackstone fortress it's a box set with loads of miniatures in it um and i've got this whole army that i've been collecting that i haven't painted so to do it what i've done is i literally looked up a help to paint guide on youtube and i'm now looking at some newly based and primed miniatures i'm just waiting for some paints to come in and i'm gonna start painting right like really basic not putting too much pressure on myself i don't mind if these guys look terrible but i'm really looking forward to that as a creative project right and i think that kind of like opens the door to you know, LARP creativity and everything else that goes along with it. So uh yeah, I'm excited to get back on the train basically. Yeah, I mean I've taken a step uh like uh, I'm sort of doing some uh Warhammer uh collecting stuff uh, as well and uh and uh, and I could have sworn it was only one of you that was planning on doing it and the other was saying no my bank account no, yeah, I instantly crumbled, Merlin. He, his, his defenses <laughs> were so weak, Merlin. He showed I me broke them down so he showed fast. Me pictures of the space robots, and I couldn't resist. Uh, I just the, needed the, to the it, space peer pressure. The only peer thing pressure in his negative form. No, the only thing oh. I needed to do was find the right bait. And as soon as I dangled it out there long enough, Ian just he hooked onto it, and like I could barely hold onto the line to bring him on the boat. You know what I mean? It was really oh. wanted it. Merlin, they're Egyptian space robots with like star gods. Shush, shush, because I am a student who is unemployed. Just shush, just stop. It's so good. All right, we should we should get off topic here. So again, yeah. um, Merlin, thank you so much for joining us again. We'll definitely do it again at some point. 
And uh, thank you to our patrons who uh, are long suffering at this stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. May man. God have mercy on your souls. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, yeah. And thanks for listening. Yeah. Ian, Love do you, you all. See us out. Strength to the Empire. Strength to the bar. To the bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we are. John wasn't ever the most sociable chap at the best of times, but you'd be hard pushed to find a more isolated place to live. Now that is curious. Seems as though John was expecting company. See the way those spiked fences and ditches are arranged to funnel our movements? Hmm. Ah, pass me that stick. Now, if I know John, he would have placed a trap just here. I think we should watch our footing from here on. Follow me!